Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? Welcome to another exciting episode of Superman 3 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies this 1983 Superman 3, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly. And joining me, as always, on this journey through time and space is... Chris Franklin. Howdy, Chris. Hey, Rob. How's it going? It's going great. This is a special episode, and we have a guest with us. Yeah, Superman's pal, Henry Bernstein. Hi, Henry. Yay. Thank you so much for that introduction. Hi, Rob and Chris. I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> we're, we're happy to have you on the show. Thank you. It's it's truly an honor to be here. As I told you guys uh, before we started recording, I'm a fan. Like, I, I couldn't believe there was a podcast, Superman Movie Minute, that literally goes through mo- two movies that I know verbatim word for word every line like my brothers and i say to each other like i think i'll try the fish or Hmm. with bright bright red boots you know like literally every word of those first two movies are a part of my being and soul and so when you guys went through them and then being here now for superman 3 i I just i can't believe it so thank you oh you're very welcome so that's a perfect segue Uh, before we get to the minutes we're here to talk about which are minutes 40 to 45 of superman 3 Henry, got to ask you, like, what is your history with the Christopher Reeve Superman movies? Thank you. And, you know, it's funny. Everyone who knows me knows that my main obsession is Superman. The other one is Bob Dylan. And you very much called me out in the first episode by making me choose between outing me as choosing Superman over Dylan. So uh, thank you, Rob. But um, it's like pain in my soul happened. Yeah. (laughs) Don't make me choose. You know, Um, but I. I, I grew up with two older brothers. I was born in 1982. So I'm a little younger than, the, I would say, the internet podcasting world of people that talk about Superman, the movie. So like, you know, Michael Bailey and you guys. Like, I'm just, a, I, I just wasn't born yet. And But my brothers, um, show, my two older brothers who were born in 71 and 75, you know, went and saw both first two films in the theater, you know, 50 times or something. And as soon as I was able to appreciate it, so like three, they just showed me Superman the movie and Superman 2 taped off of that ABC broadcast. (laughs) My my, um, connection to Super... When I saw the theatrical cut, I'm like, what's this? You know, later when (laughs) DVDs came out and stuff, I was like, where's the rest of it? Why is this movie so short? Right, exactly. And... Um, same thing with Superman too. Like there's, you know, entire, as you guys documented last time, there's entire scenes that just aren't in the theatrical cut. So I, I've seen those two movies hundreds of times. I know them by heart. I watched them when I was sick. I, you know, and needed some to feel better. I, it's, I just love Superman so much. And those movies represent my love for him. Like Christopher Reeve is my Superman. So 
I don't know. I think I, I don't know if I went off on a tangent, but <laughs> no, 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 no. That's my, that's how much I love it. And I and I'm like a comic book fan too. Like I've been, I have every single. It, as as Michael Bailey calls from crisis to crisis, like of every single issue from burn to now, um, I got rid of the new 52, but um, I'm a comic <laughs> fan, Superman on TV. I'm a fan of, I know we'll talk about a little bit about that later. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I, I'm wearing a kingdom come Superman Yay. shirt right now. Mm-hmm. Like I just, it's, it, it's everything in my life. My kids know, like love dressing up as Superman. They've been indoctrinated, so yeah, I just I love him. <laughs> good man, good man. <laughs> were the were the movies your introduction to the character? Period, if you can remember, or did you? Yes. Were the oh they were okay. Well, I don't know if the comic books were around or whatever. Okay, I had um, I, I had one Superman comic from you know nineteen seventy nine, some like Bronze Age comic that you know I got at a newsstand or that my brothers got at a newsstand and gave to me. And then, like, I got a second comic book before that. I was like, I was like eight or nine, like from three, really, to like from earliest as I can remember. Superman is Christopher Reeve, and my brothers and I used to just run around the house with our arms out like Christopher Reeve. Like hmm. that was that was Superman to me. So when I close my eyes and think of Superman, I think of of Chris Reeve. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, an appropriate guest for this show. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So before we get to the minutes, I do want to one snap question because we have two big toy collectors here on the on the show at the same time. What is your favorite Superman action figure? I'm going to say toy. That's too big of a question, but do you have a what? Which one is yeah. your favorite? Yeah the the original Superpowers Superman, you know, with the with the alternating punching action by squeezing the legs. That's my favorite toy of all time. My second favorite toy is the mail away Clark Kent. Um, because <laughs> I like Michael Bailey, I love Clark Kent, if not as much as Superman, but probably more, a little more. Um, so uh, that's my favorite toy of all time. I love the Toy Biz one too, because even though that line is maligned, because they like <laughs> took a great thing like the superpowers and then like made them worse. Um, that, su- that that came out in 1990, so I was eight years old. I was it's when I was buying toys at Toys R Us. And like a new Superman toy came out, so those two, you know, those two or three are are my favorite. Yeah, that's just still a good Superman. It's pretty much the the same sculpt. It's just a little a little less refined, but it's still a great Superman. Plus, you got the whole Kryptonite ring to knock him over, and yeah, yeah. which was a weird accessory, like to have <laughs> something. I never liked playing with it; it made me uncomfortable. Like, why am I hurting my friend? <laughs> right, <laughs> the Superman that goes back to Captain Action. It was always putting Kryptonite in the packaging with Superman. Why? Why? <laughs> DC hated Superman back then too. Right, 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 right. Three <laughs> Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here's some here's some gold kryptonite to take his powers away. You're like, why would I? Why would I? Why, why do I want that? I don't understand that. So, all right, well, very good. Um, so, like I said, we're here to talk about minutes forty to forty five of Superman three. Uh, they open with Clark uh, examining the picnic spread that Lana has set out, and it's going to end with Gus trying to talk his way into the plant. Now, this uh, this five minutes opens with a joke that I hate: uh, the pate joke. Where uh, Clark thinks it's pate, and he sticks his finger in it, which that by itself, no, no, you don't do that. Get a fork or something, Clark, for God's sakes. But we find out that it's dog food. Boys, I have to ask you, is, is Clark stupid? 
Wait, what's going on here? Henry, please help me. <laughs> okay. I, I knew you were going to bring this up. I, did, I, of course, loved it. So I should tell you guys something about me. I'm extremely hyperbolic about liking things regarding Superman. Like, I very rarely don't like something. And when I don't like something, I really don't like it. Like, the Snyder stuff is just not for me, for example. But... I love loving things. I love this scene because this first minute, the joke, because I'll tell you why. We're getting to see Clark Kent test out the waters of what kind of Clark he's going to be around Lana. He, the, the pad Tay thing was stupid, but I don't think he's being clumsy Clark here. I think he's being like kind of cool, nerdy, sweet, endearing, funny Clark, which was probably how he was to her when they were kids. He was probably more like his normal self. So I think he was doing something on purpose to be like funny and weird and cute, not to be like, oh, a buffoon, you know, Clark's buffoonery. He can't, you know, he trips over himself. That's what I think. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I kind of look at it that way too. Yeah, I always kind of thought it was kind of cute. And I I go back to like Superman eating that piece of kryptonite in the first uh Bronze Age story, you know, mm, tastes good, you know, that, that's, yes. you know, that he can eat, Superman can eat whatever, it doesn't affect him, like, yeah, Lana doesn't know that, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I just want to know who puts dog food in a nice container like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah. What, aside from that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I, I, mean, I just like I I, I just want to say, Rob, that like thank you, Chris, for agreeing with me. I, mean, I, I think that <laughs> this show is over. <laughs> I, I know, Rob, you're you're driving, and we're we're kind of beating you up. Um, no, but I, I I like a Clark Kent that is confident, smart, a little dorky, but the kind of dorky of like you're really smart and interesting and kind of funny. Let's hang out. I, so, so like, as much as I love Christopher Reeve, he's my Superman. His Clark, at least, you know, the first couple of movies didn't do it for me 100% because he's playing that Bronze Age goofy Clark. But I think Superman, both Clark and Superman, should be a little weird. Like, he's from another planet, and, like, he's had to pretend he's someone else. Like, he might have a quirky sense of humor. So I just want to put that out there as a possibility. I, I'm gonna have two thought. I have two thoughts uh, simultaneously with that, Henry. First of all, I don't buy it in a moment. For a moment. Secondly, it is the best possible explanation for this scene. <laughs> it, like it, re- that is no prize level explanation of that scene. And I think if you w- if you want to be charitable, that completely works. So well, well, I will you give think you credit that? for that. Why doesn't it work for you? I just first of all, I just am put off by the grossness of it. Like just eating dog food is just to me. It just it to me it it pushes me away. It's such a gross joke. Like it just huh. like, oh god, ugh. uh and it just I, I I think partly too is that later on he's gonna try and kiss Lana. It's like <laughs> he's got dog food in his mouth. Like Okay, uh, you're on. getting me there. That's true. He does try to get a kiss there and <laughs> we'll get that in the next minute. But yeah. Yeah, you're right. That is okay, that's fair. But I, it's but not I, really thinking about the other person. But I like your explanation. Thank I you. really do that he is testing out being a different Clark Kent because, of course, he really isn't Clark Kent. He is who he is. And he is going back with – and he's almost in some ways reverting to maybe who he was when he knew her. Yeah, I mean literally do. the so, first okay. line of the scene – 
if you clock it at exactly 40, his fir- the first line of the whole scene is, hmm, green stuff, which, by the way, would make a great name for this episode, just putting in my vote. Like, <laughs> that's hysterical that he's like, let's see what we have here. Hmm, green stuff. And then pate. Like, it's just he's being a weirdo. It's adorable. <laughs> and, like, like also, like, if I'm Ricky, like, that would be a sweet guy and, like, a good person to look up to and hang out with, you know. All so. right. Fair enough. Chris, did you... Were you on board with that before Henry brought it up, or when Henry said it, you were like, "Oh yeah, that no, makes no. total sense." I actually had in that my notes that I always thought it was kind of a, a, a bit of a funny gag, uh, uh, and and I like you know we you know to Henry's point, we saw Clark start out dancing like a total dork at the uh, at the reunion just a few minutes back, and then he you know gets when Earth Angel comes on, he quickly realizes, you know, Lana's staring at him like he's got lobsters crawling out of his ears. And she, you know, he kind of calms down and, and then he gets all smooth with her, you know? So I think he is trying to, you know, he's, he's trying to figure out what it's like to be the uh, Metropolis sophisticate uh, Clark (laughs) in Smallville now, you know, so with Lana and uh, I think it's, it's really cute and also very cute. I gotta say, I know we're going to, we're gonna wax Annette O'Toole's yellow car over and over on this on this uh, show, and it's all yellow. Remember, it's all yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I love the face that Annette O'Toole makes yes. in reaction to Clark eating the dog food. She is not afraid to make a true scrunched up ew face, <laughs> and I know that face well because Cindy makes it at me like at least once every day. Wait, uh, but, so- but then Chris, the next face she makes. She kind of gives him these eyes, like these longing eyes, like hmm, I could see myself with him. She, yeah. the, the, so I think she likes it. I think she digs him doing that. Like, and 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 truly, that that scene transforms over the next forty seconds or so because Clark does that cute little. Well, you don't want to call me. I, you know, I will call you. You know that whole rom com kind of back and. Forth, and then there's that Muppet esque line of my oil pan leaking. Like you could, yeah. just, like the misunderstanding. Like it's back to it. But in that period of time, you know, in this whole scene, actually, I mean, he's playing three different characters. He's playing dorky, clumsy buffoon Clark, sort of chill, funny, weird Clark, which was probably what he was like, and Superman. Mm-hmm. Like so, I mean, that's just you know, we talk about the transformation you know, on, on, from Superman one, where he stands up straight and he's Superman. This is a beautiful transformation too, where you're actually seeing three different personalities of, of Clark. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, I I will say, I do want to compliment the scene. Well, a couple of different ways. First of all, the music by Ken Thorne, uh, I actually think is quite good. The romantic music, uh, it's different. It's not the same. It's not drag and drop from Lois. You know, it's a completely different theme and it's really quite nice. And uh, the, I'm going to mention the, the thing about the oil pan in a second, but uh, this is the kind of thing I, to me, I find that movies to be just such a magical medium in so many ways. And that I feel like the dialogue that, that uh, Christopher Reeve and Annette O'Toole are given here is not particularly interesting or incisive or anything. I think it's pretty, pretty boilerplate, but the scene works simply by the warmth of the actors and the chemistry they that they bring to it. Yeah. And yeah. to me, that's an amazing thing about movies is that you can transcend because there's, there's, you know, different schools of thought that uh, if you don't have a good screenplay, you got nothing, you know, there's no amount of, you know, no good movie can be made from a bad screenplay, no matter how well it's put across. 
and and some people believe that and some people don't but there's something about this scene to me was very entertaining to watch even though the dialogue on the paper is not much of anything but it's simply the warmth of the actors so profound uh that it puts it across and that's something that you cannot rely upon until you get them there i mean you know clearly richard lester found an error not found an error tool but but decided to hire her and realized she was right for the part and i'm sure that they tested together to see if they had chemistry but right. you don't know until the moment and it's to me that's that's it's the continuing saving grace of this movie right. is that this relationship is really really interesting even though the dialogue itself to me is somewhat you know, passable. I don't know. Am I crazy? Right. No, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I was, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying and like the reason why this movie is mostly a miss for me is because it's just not as good as Superman one and two. It's a kind of a bad movie. And, you know, and that's why like, I, it wasn't a part of my Superman, you know, uh, um, teachings growing up, you know, it was just, it was sort of this myth- mythical thing. I, I, I heard about it. Superman three, Superman four, I, th- I saw in the theater, but and we won't, I know we're not talking about that, Rob, but, no, um, we're not. but, um, but like Superman three was like this myth- mythical thing. Like, wait, there's a movie with Superman and Richard Pryor. And then I saw it like once on WGN or something. And then like when I was a few years older, I actually taped it and paused all the commercials. And it was sort of like this thing that I would keep going back to watching because I wanted to see if it would get better. And it never really does get better with the exception of scenes like these, which are saved by the phenomenal acting in them. To your point. Yeah, Yeah, completely. the, The chemistry there is, yeah, that's something that, Honestly, if the chemistry wasn't there, then yeah, this movie would really be lacking. And I mean, I know it was, I guess, I think it was Ilya Salkind who pointed out that they kind of expected Richard Pryor to ad-lib more on set, and he, he didn't. And that's one reason why the money isn't, the, the movie isn't uh, as funny as they kind of hoped, like, yeah. like genuinely funny. So it's like, you know, you can't even, you know, Richard Pryor's like one of the funniest people who ever worked in show business, obviously. And, um, you know, you, you, you can't expect that, you know, it doesn't always happen. And it just, yeah, Annette O'Toole. And I mean, I could watch a whole movie with Christopher Reeve and Annette O'Toole just sitting right. in this field uh, talking. <laughs> oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I love. I love the reason why I pick like you, you know, I, I don't want to break the, you know, fourth wall here, or, you know, the curtain or whatever, but like you guys, you know, asked what, scene i would like to 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 come on and talk about and the list is all of the scenes and obviously the evil superman scene is taken already i I expected (laughs) that i was like oh this is a scene where clark is in it the entire time annette o'toole is in it the entire time there's there's about 50 seconds of prior and brad but you know like that's why i chose this because you get to see great acting chops in you're right less than so the, the the material doesn't live up to the stature of Christopher Reeve and the talent of Annette O'Toole. Yeah, completely. Yeah, Chris, I agree that I could watch like all. I'm coming to a Superman movie for the Superman stuff, obviously, but I could watch a whole thing of these two just interrelate, mm-hmm. and that's that's just a chemistry. Mm-hmm. They, and it's you can't put your finger on it. You can't really explain how it works because we all know we've all seen movies with uh, actors, not necessarily even romantic chemistry. Some actors just have chemistry together and others don't. And it, I mean, you, they blew it. Like, they, they blew it with the story over, overall. Like, uh, uh, 
what the the pitch he gives to to Perry, I know you guys were kind of joking about it, but it's not bad. And that's a movie right there where he's back in Smallville and something super happens nearby. Like they didn't need the whole Ross Webster, Richard Pryor thing because it wasn't good. And that's what made this ultimately made this movie not good because it's not Christopher Reeve that doesn't make the movie not good, right? He finally gets top billing and he's the, by far the best thing in it. And then a tool second. Regarding regarding uh, Chris, your comment apparently that that the, they wanted Richard Pryor to ad lib. If, <laughs> if I was Richard Pryor, I'd be like, "That's why you guys have writers, right? Right? Yeah. Like, right. Write like, the movie. Why?" Right. Am like I- he's like, "I didn't. Ad- they, 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 I, I wrote Blazing Saddles. They didn't ad lib on it. They said what I wrote." Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I bring up one thing that's always bothered me in this scene as much as I love it. Clark's right. glasses are crooked. Yes. The entire, <laughs> the entire <laughs> scene, like every shot, I'm like. Fix some. This is a right. million dollar movie. Christopher Reeve is a big movie star. Someone fix that man's glasses. Oh my I god! Never, I never even noticed that till now. Now that oh, I see Rob, it. it's insane. Like yeah. right away when they zoom for the close up of Clark with the with the um you know uh, make it in Metropolis kind of thing. His gra- glasses are like completely crooked, and it's such a Clark thing, Clark Kent thing to do to just fix your glasses, right? Like he right. could have done it, like you know. Dean Cain used to do that was his signature move on Lois and Clark. He'd fix his glasses. So, yeah. uh, Chris, I'm with you. That was so annoying. <laughs> I, I never seen that until this moment. Wow. How did I not it's, notice well, that? Well, now it's going to make you crazy. Although, I'm guessing you're probably not going to rewatch this one so much after you're done with this podcast. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've <laughs> done, we've done our due diligence with this movie after we go through it five minutes at a time. So, of course, uh, just before they kiss, Lana has the line about her oil pan is leaking, which, you know, of course, if you want to read into that, you can. Um, and uh, that makes me think, Lana oh my must God. have... Lana I never must... thought of that as an innuendo. I, it's a double I'm entendre so, for sure. I never picked up on that. Wow. I'm so uh, innocent when it comes to okay. Superman. And you're the one with children. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, uh, Lana must have telescopic vision that she was able to see that from where she was. I don't know how you would be able to possibly see that depending on uh, physics, but nevertheless, uh, she was able to pick up on it. Well, there was a period of time in the comics where she had powers. So <laughs> she became insect queen. And yeah, right. Exactly. Right. And uh, no, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did notice that when she runs over to the car, the, the hoods already popped on the car. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Like who popped it? Like did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or she's that. got such a beat up car that it just doesn't latch and she just hopes that the wind doesn't catch it. <laughs> Did they have you guys know a lot of like the technical stuff like you know Cape to Wonder site does and everything. Did, was it the same continuity person on this movie that was on the previous two? Cuz like the I, crew on the previous two are amazing. I doubt it because that continuity woman Elaine, mm-hmm. the only reason I know her name is cuz they talk about her in the commentary was basically a a fixture for Richard Donner, mm. so I'm betting that she mm. did not come along with. Oh yeah, because they fired everyone that was with Donner. Yeah, basically. yeah. So or bet. they walked out. Yeah, or they walked out. <laughs> yeah, and Margot Skidder, Kit Margot Skidder's case. Um, so I found something interesting, and this is something that I never noticed before until watching uh, this uh, this scene specifically at the 42 minute mark, where Clark hears little Ricky. Uh, well, no, he doesn't hear little Ricky. He hears Baxter barking, kind of frenetically. We see something on the screen. That I have never noticed before, ever. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The little audio, uh, the little yes. super hearing audio. Yes, yes the animation. Yeah. Yes, I've yeah. never noticed that before. That they added that in. That you literally see 
the super hearing. Yeah, I, when, I've never noticed that. Before. When was that? Was that in the like you guys saw this in the theater? I, I was that in the theatrical release because it seems like something they would have done in the for the DVD in two thousand six or something like that. I have no memory of seeing. I, I believe this it's now. there, but it it like. It, it was so murky on TV and yeah. on VHS. I think it's right. just one of those things that on on DVD and Blu-ray and pops and, and you know 4K HBO Max. It just it <laughs> it pops out now. You know, it's it's another unfortunately like the the wires that we talked about uh, last yeah. time. Uh, but but uh, yeah, it, it uh, yeah it does. It just um, I think it. I'm pretty sure it was there. I rem- I, I didn't recall. I remember seeing it as a kid. I don't know if I noticed it in the theater, but I did see it at some point. So I noticed probably... it earlier than this viewing. Like I, I rem- when, when I saw it in this viewing, I made note of it. I was like, oh, yeah, that re- that's right. But it definitely was not something I ever saw on TV or on the VHS. Or So that was, I mean, in general, I think, you know, and I think it's really important that you guys, really important. I know we're talking about Superman 3, but, you know, <laughs> you, you guys, the, you know, I, last week you were sort of saying that we don't want to always keep going back to compare it to the other movies, but I think you have to, and I think those standards are um, there for a reason. And sure. I thought that, I thought the quick, the, the series of powers seen here was done very well and, and we're up to the standard of the previous few few films like i really two films i loved the hearing thing i thought the um the telescopic vision i like how like when they don't need to use special effects to show uh powers that they could easily just use a practical effect like just zooming in that's probably what it would look like or the hearing it's probably what happens he hears trouble and he clears out everything else to hear just the trouble and then the speed through pat, uh, behind the uh, um, fence, I thought was so clever because it um, it it was reminiscent of when he do- dove out of the um, uh, building in, in the first Superman. But there, there's just a quick change. Here, you actually see his arms moving and um, kind of uh, uh, changing, and so I thought that was like a really good use of like showing powers. Yeah, Chris, that's what did a, you think of it, Chris? What did you think of seeing it on screen? Oh yeah, I thought I thought it was really well done. It's it's not as great as the my favorite shirt rip, which is of course the alley uh, course. change in Superman two, but it is it is close, and it's like a zoetrope, you know. It's like because of the fence, it kind of looks like an old fashioned zoetrope that he's like um, you know like you're seeing through the little the planks of the fence. I really I really dug it, I, I, and his takeoff's really nice too. Terrific. Yeah, these effects look great. And if you look closely through here, you can see that that same shot of Superman flying at the camera that's used over and over again in the movie. We can't mention Superman four. <laughs> it's the only shot they reuse from these movies <laughs> or one of the few. <laughs> I'm wondering if they weren't thinking that by Superman three, their audience was a little younger. Right. And so they needed a little more of an explanation of what the hearing is that they needed to show you that, oh, he can hear something as opposed to just mm. he'd figure it out or so. Because, of course, in the first movie, they don't do that when he hears the dogs or whatever. There's none of the, they don't do that. But here they actually show. But, yeah, I was like, wow, I don't I don't recall ever seeing that before. And he's like the little, you know, Aquaman sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, so then he zooms in and he sees uh, little little Ricky there who obviously has hit his head 
on a rock and Buster being a good dog is trying to wake Ricky up by licking him on the head. Now um, I do got to wonder what kind of klutz is this kid that he managed to hit his head on a very small rock. Cause I mean, I, look, I don't know anything about farming, but I think as far as I understand when they're, when they're, you know, the kind of fields that are, that, that you run cart, you know, combines over don't have big rocks in them because that would ruin it. So it's like, there's like a tiny, I don't know, fist sized rock and Ricky managed to hit his head on it. Like, what is Rob? What's wrong with this kid? He found the one like, rock. Did he trip a- on another rock in order to hit his head on that rock? Yeah. How <laughs> like, how did that, how, the, what are the physics of that exactly? Right. Yeah. What, yeah. Would he be trip and fall straight down? Like, what, what is, what is with this kid? I don't know. And how, how fast can he run? I mean, cause he looks like he's like miles away from <laughs> Yeah. He was far out. And it wasn't, he, the, the conversation wasn't that far away because Superman, I mean, spoiler warning for the next few minutes, but Superman, like, looks like he flies pretty far away. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, it looks like it's at least two, maybe two miles away or something like, you know, it's like, how, wow, Ricky can, Buster can really hoof it and so can Ricky. I mean, maybe him Ricky, on the track team at Smallville, get him on there. Eh? <laughs> right. I mean, geez. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he, yeah, he definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. That, there's not usually rocks and fields. Usually that's if, you know, before they plant something like that, they'll, they'll kind of, you know, uh, you know, at some point, till all that up. And right, uh, right, right. like the, the rock rocks. would do what Superman did to it, you know, like jump, gum up the engine and screw it up. That's what right. a giant rock that is big enough to give a kid a concussion and make them bleed. You know, <laughs> then, then, and I think you're right about um, this being more towards kids. Like kids, you love, any, everyone loves seeing Superman with kids. It's just, it just feels good. And, I always prefer when kids are into Superman rather when they're like, he's not cool, you know, and mm. obviously that plays out in the death of Superman where that, that kid didn't think that Superman was cool. And then after Superman saved him, he did. And that's like the whole point. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I, going <laughs> off on a, on a comic book tangent, but um, the, the feet, the super feet here was pretty cool. Seeing him like that, there was, that was pretty harrowing. I remember feeling even just now rewatching it, like, oh, is he going to get there in time? And that's good Superman stuff. Cause he always gets there in time and you just want to see him do it. Like you want to see Superman doing Superman things and stopping that thresher or whatever it was from killing that kid, which is pretty gruesome. Uh, was great. I, I want to say for a second, Christopher Reeve puts a, uh, gives a look to that farmer, like Superman gives a look to that farmer that says, if I turned on my heat vision, you wouldn't have a head anymore. <laughs> I know. And it's kind of unwarranted because I know. <laughs> how, would they, how would that poor teenage boy right. ever know that there's a kid in there from where he's sitting amongst all that wheat? I mean, he, he could have never seen him. It's not the teenager's fault. It's stupid Ricky's fault. Yeah. He doesn't of- literally, Superman doesn't even answer him when he says, is he okay? He just flies away pissed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love, I, I, I gotta say, you know, rewatching this, you know, Henry, like you said, it, it really is harrowing because it, it look, I mean, I'm sure the blades, like when, when Christopher Reed grabs them, they're not metal, obviously, and they're not going to cut his hand, but the actual thrasher is really close to the actor playing Ricky. I mean, it's, yeah. it, and it's like, looks like it's all in the shot. I, I feel like it's there and it's like still moving. So it's like, you know, I don't know if they had something like attached to it to where it couldn't yeah. move any further or the, a shock to stop it. So it couldn't like, yeah. you know, actually uh, accidentally roll over him, but it's like, it's pretty damn close. And I, and I gotta say the, 
the the shot of Superman flying real low over the wheat that's an actual practical shot really looks great. It I looks terrific. A, it was yeah, nice. It's really sharp. But isn't also like as a parent, that's one of that's the the ultimate scary thing that you you know that you're playing which in a place that seems like is safe and your kid runs off and they get really far really fast and then something happens to them. That is every parent's nightmare. Um and Superman saves the day because he's Superman doing Superman things and he just happened to be in Smallville at that exact moment. Yep. <laughs> I got to say real quick the closest that he wasn't in any danger, but the one time our son Andrew ran off from us, we were at a Six Flags park, and he ran off to see DC superheroes. So it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of the opposite of this. He went to find the Flash. <laughs> Did he catch him? Yeah, he caught him. But boy, we whoo man, he's scared to live in daylight. So yeah. he's about four or five years old. Oh my god, it's so scary. That's incredibly <laughs> scary. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, then I I love the change of. Of back to well, I, I don't want to skip ahead, Rob. In, in case you you wanted to say something about Superman stopping the Thresher. Well, no, yeah, I do. I did want to say the the, the him running, changing behind the the fence is a great effect. Uh, it's it's unnecessary. It doesn't really add anything other than it just gives it some visual interest, which I like. It reminds me like a little bit, Chris, of like you know the old Universal Wolfman movies where Lon Chaney would walk behind posts, and yeah. every every time he'd emerge from another post, he was a little more wolfy. That yep. he was in the shot before, which is just a nice way to hide the effect. But it, yeah, it does look like a zoetrope. It does have that kind of like animated flipbook filmation sort of thing, which I appreciated. And yeah, I agree. Him flying over the wheat, low over the wheat looks terrific. Uh, it just looks really sharp. And I like the way the camera zooms in towards the threshers. I noticed that the, uh, the threshers from far away look like, um, sand crawlers from Star Wars. <laughs> they have that same, same look to them. But yeah, what no, it's, yeah, what did he? It's a really, it's a really great effect. I mean, it's a, it's a really tense scene. And again, I like that he grabs it. I noticed that the, um, the guy playing the combine driver is uncredited. He's, mm-hmm. I was not able to find any credit, even though he doesn't actually, he does have a line. It looks like yeah. it's dubbed. Um, so that actor, maybe that's why that actor isn't credited is that he actually isn't speaking on screen. But yeah, you're right. He does, Chris, uh, you're, you're right, Henry. Christopher Reeve, Superman does give that kid a look like, yeah. You know, and you're like, that's not my fault. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're saying, Chris. I don't. I don't know. Why would I be expecting some dumb kid to be laying in the middle of the field? Yeah, but I've also like, and I also appreciate that look because I've given that look to like people who are driving too fast down our street. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, things like that. You know, people mm-hmm. that are, are coming at you know, if I if I have my kids and someone's on a bike coming really fast with them on the sidewalk, you know, give them, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but to give them a look, you know, but not all the time. But it's I think Superman takes on a parental role in that moment and realizes if anything happened to Ricky, like that's it. That's my best friend slash my possible love interest son. I, I can't let anything happen. And he's pissed that something could could possibly happen. He does yeah. the scene where him the scene where he's carrying Ricky. Uh, now that you've pointed it out, Chris, I can't unsee it. It does look like he's flying for about ten miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just as long as you know in Superman the first one where he's out in the field. Like how long would it have taken Ma to get out there to talk to him? <laughs> yeah. I think you guys talked about that. We did a couple, a couple podcasts ago. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, it's so funny. You know, listening. I just have to tell you guys and gush about how great your podcast is. We're editing this part out, Henry. Okay. <laughs> Just that you guys, as you've gone along five minutes by five minutes for the two movies, 
every moment of every episode, I'm like, yes, yes, that's right. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. So I, I just, it's just been a great journey through time and space with you guys. You can put that part at the end if you want. All right. Fair. <laughs> so then Superman uh, lands with Ricky. Uh, he didn't bother to pick Buster up. Thanks very much for that, Superman. Uh, but uh, he, Buster does find his way back, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But he lands. I have to wonder, uh, as he gets close to Lana, does Lana wonder, why does Superman smell like dog food? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Rob, this has been bugging me for the last uh, several episodes. How do you pronounce L-A-N-A? La- how have I been saying it? Lana Lang? I would say Lana Lang. So you say Lana. Chris, how do you say it? I usually say Lana, but I think yeah. I've been going back and forth. So, so in my head canon, it's Lana. Okay. It, okay. In, but where, 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 like, I, I'm just wondering where, like, why is it La- Lana for you? Well, Rob's also Han instead of Yeah, Han, I was so. thinking that. It must be some yeah. weird regional New Jersey <laughs> thing. Oh, it's like, I, uh, I don't do ah sounds. I do ah sounds, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, David I get is that. Gutierrez I'm from Chicago. I get that. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're going to be hearing from Gutierrez about that for damn sure. Uh, so uh, you're right. Because even in the movie, they say Lana. Right. In the first movie, he says right. Lana. He doesn't say Lana. So, yeah, all right. I, I mean, I've heard it before. I've heard other people refer to her as as Lana. I just wondered where, hmm. like, why that's a thing. Well, when, oddly when, enough, I think Rob calls Superman's mom Laura, and I say Lara. So we switch it, I think. <laughs> so that, I, there's no logic here. Wait, 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 wait. What are the two again? Laura and Lara. I think I say Lara and Rob says Laura. So that's yeah, I say like, Lara. Yeah. I say Lara. Yeah, and I say Lara. So I've, I'm like swapped. I'm we've swapped it. So it's <laughs> so yeah. interesting. <laughs> it keeps the show fresh. So uh, don't so you just wish you could ask Jerry Siegel? Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, uh, he didn't have the E in there at first for a Cal L. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Lana is uh, cleaning up uh, Ricky, and we find where's Buster? And we see that Clark has found Buster in a pipe. I hate to be grim, but I think Clark stuffed Bucks Baxter in that pipe just so he could pull him out. Yeah, I think he went and got him. I think Superman went and got Buster at super speed, changed the yeah. Clark, and stuffed yeah. him in that pipe. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Of course, he because he had, he obviously left Buster while he was taking Ricky back, and we, as we saw from Chris's explanation, it's at least ten miles. So he went back at super speed, <laughs> then got the dog, did a quick change, either holding the dog or after he put him in the in my head cannon, he like went in the in that tube and changed in there, you know. So, oh, um, cool. but but that's that's some comedy gold, like some broad Christopher Reeve wanting to do comedy, like he backs out with his big butt. That's that's funny. That's butt stuff. That's butt humor from Christopher Reeve, you know, the great Shakespearean actor. And he he even has a really funny dialogue that fade out where he's going, oh, I don't know if I had a nickel for every time. (laughs) That is brilliant writing. I'm sorry. I know we've been kind of crapping on the writing of this movie, but that is gold. Absolute gold. Yeah, that I love that exchange. I, I had that in my notes. They got to bring that up. I just, it's just, it's like you know, and it's so it can be meta because is it is yes. it uh, is it Superman commenting on that? Is it Clark commenting about you know he, it's part of the act or is it is it actually Superman who gets 
he loves the kids, you know, adore him. But at the same time, does he get a little worn out with it to a point too? But yeah, he's being all three. He's being the real Clark Kent. He's being Clark Kent who knows Superman. I see Superman every day. Yeah. Yeah. And he's being Superman all in that moment. He's it's all of them. It's, and it's incredible. He's like feeling, experiencing everything and making a funny at the same time. It's just bravo, bravo, everyone involved in that line. Yeah, Superman's had a good showing with kids in this movie already because he gave his picture to Aaron Smolinski in the in the first uh, opening segment, right? So yeah, so <laughs> right. he's, he's he's really a hit with kids in this one. Yeah, right. Sorry, you were naked in the first one. Here's a picture of me. <laughs> right. Superman should always be friend to children. Always. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. You know, like you every now and then you'll see like a really good Twitter thread of like people posting pictures of Superman with kids, and you know he's carrying. You know, there's a great cover of him carrying like a ton of kids doesn't even see feels physically possible and you know when he's carrying christmas presents and it's just like that i love that stuff it it's it, it makes me happy yeah yeah I, I, yeah I don't i don't superman is not one of like my even like top 30 favorite superheroes but i i do have a firm belief he should always be friend to children if superman right. is if you're writing a incontinuity story where superman is scaring children i'm like i think you might need to think about that Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Rob, you just said something. I, you just blew my mind. Superman isn't in your top 30 of favorite superheroes? I just pulled up a number out of nowhere. I'm maybe not 30, but... <laughs> there aren't even 30... Uh, there aren't even enough superheroes to fill that list up before Superman. I, All right, who are your top five? Give me your top five, quick. Oh, that's... Aquaman, obviously. Yes. Firestorm. Aqu- All right. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, I just told Shag that to get the show started. Uh, Top top five in no particular order after Aquaman. Aquaman, Batman, Green Arrow, Plastic Man, Captain America. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. Chris, top five. Go ahead. Uh, Batman, uh, Robin, Captain America, Superman. uh, Oh, God. What are the next one? Uh, Probably, I guess, uh, it's really Spider-Man, I guess. Yeah. So it's really very boring. But. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that's so interesting. I mean, yeah, like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, uh, Green Arrow, Nightwing for me. Um, yeah, well, by Robin, I mean Dick Grayson. Uh, yeah. So Robin or Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, you know what? As, I, as I'm saying this out loud, as we're going over this, I'm realizing I don't necessarily mean it that way. I guess what I'm saying is if you gave me a list of every character, every superhero DC Marvel character, and you said, Put them in order of what comics you'd like to read. Superman would be pretty far down. Really? But that's, but that's not the character. That's the comics and how I perceive the stories featuring the character. Like if so, somebody if somebody said you could only read Hawkman comics the rest of your life or Superman comics, I would pick Hawkman and not even blink. I'm so glad I know you and we're friends and we've been friends now for a year. Like we met over in the internet, you know, that's really, you know, a cute, a cute story. And I just, I'm just learning this about you and it's great. Like I finally know. So I don't, I have an echo chamber of the things I like. So I'm always wondering like, are there Hawkman fans? Like are there, and you know, meeting you, I know there are Aquaman fans, but this is, this is, Amazing to me. So you didn't read like the never ending battle, the Carlin era. You didn't read, I read some of them. I, I, I read burn. I went burn when, uh-huh. when burn started. I read all of them and then I eventually faded out. But to me, it's to me, the character is oh boy. We're really going on a tangent here, but I, I would argue in my mind to me, the, the character is better than the stories he's given generally. 
Well, that's certainly true of the movies the last 10 years or so. Well, there, so. see, there's that, too. But <laughs> like I said, I mean, again, we're getting off subject, but like I do have some very firm beliefs. Like Chris has said, you've said that you, you pointed this out, Chris, and it was one of those things that after you said it, I went, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, I loved the Dark Knight Returns. Loved mm-hmm. everything about it. I yeah. still love the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that's the think- best comic book movie of all time. I well, no, I'm talking about the the comic book, the Frank Miller oh, comic okay. book, and I'm like, oh, to me, that thing, up. <laughs> to me, I still think it's an absolute masterpiece. But it ruined Superman in a lot yeah. of ways. Right. Yeah. DC right. just never got Superman after that. They were like, oh no, he's a dork. Batman is cool, and I I hate that about it. Like I hate that yeah. that, that, yeah. that was one of the takeaways of that book. Me too. No, absolutely me too. I mean, that, that is, I will never forgive Frank Miller for that. He kind of makes up for it in Dark Knight 3, which were, which was also horrible. Not as bad as Dark Knight 2. Ooh. But I, 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 I like, to me, I like Superman as just this paragon of hope and mercy and kindness and goodness. And that's what these movies do. Um, and most of the things I like in the comics are the things that do that. Anytime that he's deconstructed, that doesn't work for me because you have to construct something. Um, that's why I like the, 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 the Snyder stuff doesn't work for me because you, you start breaking him down. There's nothing to break down. You have to build him up first. So um, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you, Henry. No, and my, you know, and I have read a lot of, you know, I've bought the Superman comics over the years at different points and read from, you know, I had a lot of Bronze Age books and read from Byrne through the, um, you know, through the late 90s solid and off and on since. But um, the the Superman, the, the Christopher Reeve Superman is still, I mean, it's still my Superman. It's still my mm-hmm. preferred version of Superman. And, and uh, that's one reason I'm so excited about the Superman 78 comics because they're oh, actually mm-hmm. you know playing in my my superman wheelhouse so guys so- i loved that episode oh my god i listened to it twice i i was so <laughs> pleased with that oh that was so good well dan will be happy to hear that too yeah seriously so. <laughs> i actually this is probably my favorite version of superman is the christopher reeve superman like more than any comic book version more than the cartoon or the TV show. It's this, it's Christopher Reeve as Superman. That makes me Superman. The movie is my favorite superhero movie. It still yes. is even, even after Endgame and an Iron yeah. Man oh, and all it's still Superman. The movie. The, yeah. the reason why is one word, verisimilitude. When you're watching <laughs> that movie, it doesn't feel it is a, it is a grown up serious film. It is my number one favorite movie of all time. And I, I think I, I, in many ways, and, you know, I'll fight Michael Bailey on the love theme and the can you read my mind scene. <laughs> it is a perfect movie to me. And Bailey Bailey didn't get to speak about the Superman movies anymore after that, that superhero bracket <laughs> show. So we can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was another great one. I love that. Guys. Reopen those wounds. So but, bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love, by the way, there's a great Fire and Water where you guys did a thing where you talked about the, um, the Justice League movie right after it happened. And you oh, all no. loved it. Oh, and no. I also loved it when I walked out of there. And, oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> so have you, I'm sure you've archived that one a long time ago. Oh. 
That thing cracked the network in half almost. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. So, okay. So, uh, so after all that, let's talk about Richard Pryor being goofy at the Wheat King. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Wheat Don't King you wish the minutes ended, like, you know, when he flies off, like, dur- during the fade out of Boy, If I Had a Nickel for Every... You know, because it's, it's sort of like, okay, we've got 50 seconds to talk about this, you know? Yeah. Uh, my one note from this scene is when he, you know, when Brad wakes up from his stupor and he sees Gus there, that Richard Pryor is doing his white guy voice. Yes. Uh, and, and it's right from his stand-up act. If I, I've, I've listened to a bunch of Richard Pryor records. Um, and uh, he, when, he does, when he does a white guy, he does that kind of talking guy like that. And that's what he's doing. And you have to think, you know, Chris, you mentioned earlier that they were expecting him to ad-lib. I'm betting that was an ad-lib. Not the dialogue, but the affecting of the white guy voice, the square white guy. That's Richard Pryor probably just pulling that out of his bag of tricks. And it yeah. wasn't necessarily in the script. I love when he says butts. It's so yeah. it's so funny. Oh, we can have our butts, aren't they? Or something, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> hey, it, yeah, I, I thought of that. His stand up, and then the it it made me flash to when uh, Eddie Murphy like made himself up as a white guy on SNL and did the white guy voice. That's what it made me think of. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one. Yes. Great sketch. Great, yeah. marvelous sketch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so that's that's the end of the five minutes. Is Richard Pryor. Uh, Gus vamping to get in to be uh, let in by Brad. So, but yes, so Henry, I mean, yes, we didn't quite time it out exactly, but that we can blame uh, the editor and uh, Richard Lester for that. But the bulk of these minutes is Superman and Lana, as we've been saying virtually every episode, that is the heart of this movie yeah. is Superman and Lana. And so uh, I, I would very, you know, that's great that you picked these five minutes that it's such a great sort of uh, sequence to talk about. It's, it's, yeah, it was a great sequence. I, I actually thought Brad, even just in this moment, was a better villain than Ross Webster. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> it, it's just sort of it's it's an interesting dynamic in the movie that you don't really have time for because there's a bunch of other silliness, like the whole Brad thing. Like, you know, what is his life like? You know, it's it, it, who who is he? What is his relationship to Lana currently? And they explore it a little bit, but they have to waste time with the silliness and the of the main plot, which is preposterous. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like overall, the movie's a miss, but this scene is a plus. Like, it, I just love it. it. It makes me happy. It warms my heart. Now I can't help but wonder what if Brad had been assimilated by the supercomputer and became Bradyack. <laughs> Still wrapping the show. Villain, the nuclear man. <laughs> we're, we're ending the show with that. I might not even run credits. I just ended on that joke, Chris. Just forget green. Me. Forget green stuff. You should call this episode Bradiac. Bra- oh, I, I got so I got so many to pick from. So okay. <laughs> well, Henry, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. We've had a great time uh, talking on Pod Dylan, and uh, I was very happy to have you here on Superman Three Movie Minute. This was just great. Thank you. I, I, I you know, I, I feel like I've made two friends. It's, it's that love the same things that I love. And that's what, you know, your network really is. It's all the things I like. It's like, oh, thanks. I'll, I'll take that one and that one and that one. So it's great to, you know, Rob, you know, talked with you about comics, movies and, and Dylan over the last year or so, year and a half. And Chris, I'm glad that we're friends now. Yeah, come over. We'll have to come over and play with our superpowers collection. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
That'll make a good episode for the YouTube page, Chris. I, I, mean, I have awesome. a ton it's... of customs. I have like a lot of super nice customs. Ooh, um, that nice. I, that I would have, be happy to show you guys sometimes. Oh, I want to see those. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you, Henry, why don't you tell people where they can find you out on the internet? Oh, thank you. So you can find me in a couple places. Um, I do a podcast called uh, Funny They Don't Look Jewish, and you can find us at Jewish Comics Pod. Thank you for laughing at that joke. Um, <laughs> and we're basically my uh, my co-host, Brandon Bernstein, um, and I, he's a rabbi, and we're looking for explicitly Jewish content in comic books. And so we're... Um, we're, we're mostly talking about representation, and so for us specifically, it's representing... Jewish culture, Jewish religion, things, you know, the things that the, the, all the creators of comic of the early superheroes certainly identified as, but didn't write into their comics. So we're looking for, for that kind of information. We've done 18 episodes, we've been doing it for over a year. Um, and so check us out at Jewish comics pod. The other place you can find me, which is directly Superman related is uh, at Superman pals pod. I have another podcast where uh, episode by episode I'm examining Superman uh, and Lois and the, the TV show and the show is called Superman and Lois and pals and my friend Professor Sam Brody from the unit from Kansas University so he literally lives near Smallville um, he and I talk about each episode and the premise is basically as I mentioned before I love everything and he's an academic who can look at one thing and say this is good this is bad let's talk about why so those are the places you can find me I just realized we're making you miss that show tonight, aren't we? You are so making you miss that show, but it's actually it's okay because I still get to talk about Superman. And I'll, I'll tell you just a funny thing. Do you remember a couple, a few weeks ago? No, I guess it was nine, nine or ten weeks ago. I messaged each of you asking if you were watching, if you watched Superman and Lois. And Rob, you were like, "Nah, the CW stuff's not for me." Chris, you're like, "Yeah, I liked it. Interesting." I, it turns out my co-host he 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 had a baby during the air after the airing of the first episode and before the second and so i had to find a new uh, co-host to fill in for a couple episodes and now he's back and he's fine but it was like so i was like just trying to gauge you guys to see if like maybe you'd want to talk about superman and Lois. <laughs> so um you know and, and if the fire and water podcast network is looking for a uh podcast about superman and lois we're available so <laughs> good, to know. Good. good to know good to know i'll be uh, if you if you're wanting a guest sometime i'll be willing to come on and talk about the show with you i've been enjoying right. it I, I, I other than the underage teenage drinking that goes on in that show that's just rampant and out of control I, that's the only thing that bothers me about it it's agreed just, yeah wow come on that's people <laughs> great we'd love to have you on anytime that would be awesome cool. um, yeah i mean just i just want to say quickly he like tyler hucklin is nailing and bitsy talek are nailing what I, how I uh, view Lois and Clark. Like I want, I love mom and dad, Lois and Clark, and I love the way that they're portraying them. So it's just my little plug for them. Yep. I really like it too. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Of course, uh, this show, you can find all the back episodes on our website, firewaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon music. We're always talking Superman movie stuff over on Twitter at Superman movement. We have to thank our uh, progenitors, Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer, for creating the Movies by Minutes format. You can find a uh, catalog of all the Movies by Minutes show over at moviebyminutes.com. And if you look at the way bottom, you'll see the newest Movie by Minutes show, Citizen Kane Minute. Just let me get that plug in there. Uh, and, of course, if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Network, go to patreon.com 
slash FW podcast. And there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be named Jack on a show of your choice. So big thanks to Superman's pal Henry Bernstein for his support of Superman Movie Minute. It is my pleasure. I am so happy to say to people out there, be a pa- be a patron of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Yes. Good yes. people talking about good things. And, and- Zero Hour. <laughs> and Zero Hour, one of my all-time favorite comic book runs. Uh, so enjoying that one, too. It's just I love being a patron of you guys and supporting you. I, I think what you're doing just brings joy to the world, and we need more of that. So, all right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Come back next time as the adventure continues with Superman 3 Movie Minute. Giorgio, per favore. E grazie.